You're listening to Extra Takes, hosted by Northland Church lead pastor, Dr. Joshua Laxton. Tune in each week as Pastor Josh reveals the rest of the story behind his sermons. We'll discuss how those who follow Christ can live out a biblical vision for the church in the world today. Well, hello, Northland family and friends. Welcome to another episode of Extra Takes. I'm your co-host, PJ, along with my fearless leader and co-host, Matt Shiles. Matt, hey, great to be with you. Yeah, how you doing? I'm doing well. Hey, this is a different setup now. Oh, really? Because we actually have a video camera rolling. So, Oh, hello. It is not just recording. We're no. just not recording audio. We're actually recording video, too, to be on our YouTube channel. So the camera is rolling. And even though the camera is rolling, I still have my mess up here. So everybody gets to see what I use. I have my Bible. I have my coffee. You always need your coffee. Always. Because it's Monday. And yes. it's, yeah. I, yeah, Mondays, it just takes me a while to get going. And then got my computer. And then if somebody texts me, I can multitask. Oh, really? Well, kind of, sort of. I've, uh, I've been known to multitask. So that's why when the video is now rolling, it's going to be interesting. See what happens. This is just accountability for you so that we can see when the multitasking is happening. When the multi, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so I'm going to be less likely to do the multitasking okay. now that the camera is rolling. <laughs> Well, let's get started with this week, and we started a new series on Redeeming No. Uh, It's a three-week series, and what was fun, this was November 11th and 12th, what was fun was it was a guest preacher, Pastor Kevin Harney, and uh, it was really based on his book, No is a Beautiful Word. So I would love for us to just start by talking about your connection with, with Pastor Kevin um, how you know him, and then we can talk about kind of the evolution of uh, of this series. Yeah, so when I started a few years back at Wheaton College, I started to get to know many denominational leaders, other pastors mm. uh, throughout, not, not, not only the country, but the world. Mm. And Kevin was one of those leaders that I met through a fellowship that I was leading. It was called the Evangelism Leaders Fellowship through the the Billy Graham Center at Wheaton College. And so I got to know him. And what, what was so interesting about this, this meeting is I, I go home and I tell Joni, I said, I've I've met the pastor that if I ever went back into pastoring then and he did a what they call a pastor succession I would want to do it with him. So I mean so from the very first moment that I met him mm. I'm like this is a this is a man that I would I'd love to just have as a mentor a coach but if he ever did a succession plan yeah. where he would you know and what succession planning is is a pastor will bring on a a, a younger pastor and in a period of one to three years, they'll transition the leadership over to them. And so that's where I'm like, Joni, here's a healthy leader who I could definitely see myself sitting under learning from, but if he ever wanted to do a succession plan, I'd love to do it with him. Yeah. So that was in 2019. Well, fast forward to 2020, COVID hits, and long story short, I, I began to potentially look at openings that might be out there. Well, I'm doing a coaching session with Kevin, and so he's just, you know, so we're on Zoom because he's in California. I'm in Wheaton, and so we're we're talking, 
And at the end, he just says, hey, will you pray about something for me? And I said, absolutely. He said, well, I'm getting ready to start looking for my successor Mm. and just praying through that and that God would just open up the door to whoever he has for Shoreline to just reveal that to me. And and what's what was fascinating, I, I you know, I was talking to some, you know, some other, you know, potential churches at the time and I said, well, I said, Kevin, I said, what what's fascinating about what what you're praying is that I told Joni over a year ago when I first when I first met you, that if you ever did a succession plan and you were wanting to find your successor, like I would want to do it with you. And he 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 said he's like kind of did like a double take. He said, "Say that again." Yeah. And so yeah. I told him, and then we started to pray. And mm-hmm. so this was you know kind of around October of uh, 2020. Okay. And immediately he just flies Joni and I out that December. To Monterey, to Monterey, California, uh, to just meet with he and Sherry, to to dream, to talk, to pray, mm. to meet just a couple of key leaders. And after that meeting, mm. uh, you know, and I preached. And what was interesting because they were in California, they weren't even back in live gatherings yet. Now they they were doing live gatherings in their courtyard because in Monterey, California, okay. the weather is beautiful all year round, kind of sort of like Florida. Mm. And so it actually rained though. The one weekend that it rained, it rained then, and so everything was online. So I preached. I preached just to a video camera. Oh man! So you could. It, probably still up on their YouTube channel, just yeah. me just preaching to a video camera. And it was a Christmas series oh, that they were doing. Yeah. And so we, we went back to, to Wheaton, had a obviously an incredible visit. And I, that was also when I got to play Pebble Beach. So he, he rolled out the red carpet. So again, I love golf. People know that I love golf. And so he took me to play Pebble Beach when I came. That's a bucket list course. Right it there. is. It is a bucket list course. Yeah. And we didn't even have to pay because there are members at Shoreline that are members at Pebble Beach. Ooh, wow. Actually, the G, um, the, like the, I say the GM, he, he sort of like the GM, yeah. but he's a member at Shoreline. So, oh, so we just played with him and it was free. I mean, it was just, yeah, just incredible. So we go back, and so January comes, and I know that, uh, and then Kevin had said, hey, in January, I want you to come back, spend a whole week, I want you to meet yeah. with the staff, everything. So, and I'm giving you the longer version, because I think I've told this kind yeah, of story. Yeah, you've told the but, shorter version, but, but now that he's been here, and now that yeah. we've heard him preach, it's really cool to hear kind of the longer version. So now yeah. he brings me back. Now, Joni can't go, okay. because it's, a, a, it's an entire week. So Joni just couldn't take off. So I'm there for a whole week meeting with all of the staff, meeting with now the board, meeting with everybody. Doing the whole thing. Doing the whole thing. Get to play a couple other beautiful courses while I'm out there for seven days. Preach again. Mm. All of that. So I leave to go back, and I and we've had and I had and you know again a cr- an incredible week with the staff, the board members. Everybody's excited. Mm-hmm. So I go back, and obviously I'm I'm excited because I know that it's now it's just a matter of formality. Kevin's going to get ready to you know give me the formal invitation. Well, 
uh, some other things happen while mm. while I'm waiting mm. on on him to kind of give me the the formal kind of invitation to be the the teaching pastor of Shoreline with the intentionality I would become the lead pastor of Shoreline. Mm. So I would be a teaching pastor for a year, and then after that year, then it would transition to me being the lead pastor and Kevin being the teaching pastor. Okay. Um, so, so as I'm waiting on this, the church where I'm on staff part time as a teaching pastor, because again, my full time job was at the Wheaton College right. Billy Graham Center, working right. at Wheaton College and being an adjunct uh, professor, and then working with denominations, networks, and church leaders. So while while I'm preaching, uh, well, not while I'm preaching, but but right before I preach this this is weekend in January, kind of towards the end of January. So right before I am slated to preach, the 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 church where I'm on staff at part time, they were looking for a pastor, and that pastor pulls out late. You know, and when I say. Uh, uh, they were getting ready to announce him. The 11th hour, like. 11th hour, he pulls out because they're getting ready to announce him as the candidate that the church will vote on. Hmm. On the weekend, then I'm slated to preach. Hmm. So he, he pulls out that Thursday. They make this, you know, they send out the email, hmm. um, you know, that um, they have bad news. So after I preach, the chair of the search team there at Wheaton Bible, he comes up to me afterwards, and he he basically says, "Will you wait?" And I knew him because he, he was connected to Wheaton College as well. And he asked me, he said, "Would you wait on making a decision about Shoreline because we want to look at you mm. uh, to uh, to be a candidate here mm. at Wheaton Bible?" And so I'm like, "What do I do?" You know, because I know I'm just waiting on Kevin to give me the official. Invitation. So I go home and I tell Joni, I'm like, what, what you know, what do I, what do I do? Because there's similar sized churches, uh, but in two different, uh, when I say situations and seasons, and yeah. Yeah. and I'm like, I'm wanting Joni to give me a profound answer, and Joni says, you need to take that up with Jesus. That's what that's what Joni tells me. And I'm like, woman, no, I don't, no, I don't want, no, I like, I'm, I'm taking it up with you. What should I do? And she's like, take it up with Jesus. So I'm like, well, you, it's just a matter of time before Kevin, and I don't even know how long this process will be. Yeah. Well, fast forward uh, about uh, really, uh, I mean, about a, not not even a week later, Kevin sends the official offer, mm. and I'm like, okay, what do I tell Kevin? Mm-hmm. Uh, because the the struggle was okay is if if there's an opportunity and a and and I say even a chance that I can stay here not sell my home not move my kids all of that yeah then then that 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 would be a really good thing yeah. but then also uh, it's not a done deal for the the, the search process and it's a completely different you know transition. Mm-hmm. Whereas Shoreline, healthy church, healthy, you know, healthy transition that would, that would have an on-ramp in one of the most beautiful parts of the world. Uh, and so yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm wrestling here. Mm. 
And I'm getting – and so what I did, I mean, this is how I, 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 I work things out. And you know, again, it kind of goes back to even a yes or no. So what do you say yes to? What do you say no to? It does, yeah. So I actually start making a list of pros and cons okay. just to weigh it out. And then the other thing that I'm, I'm, I'm looking at is – is okay. Where where will Jesus be glorified the most? So, so here's some questions that I ask in in, in decisions that I'm like, okay, I, I'm really trying to discern here, yeah. Because there's just not a clear answer. So, yeah. wh- where will Jesus be glorified the most through me? Mm. Where will I grow the most? Mm. Where will I be used the most? And is there anything glaring about either decision that is a red flag to what the Bible teaches? Mm. Um, and so, so anyways, I, like I'm working through all of this, and at the end of the day, I get ready to make the decision and go, I'm going to choose Shoreline. Well, the minute I make that decision, I go and tell Joni, and she's like, I I can't confidently say that anymore, yeah. and I, I I cannot if and she's like if there's a you know if there is a potential that we can stay here and not move move our kids stay here stay you know yeah. and 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 then she's like and 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 I love Shoreline love where it's at but it it is a long way from where really our family yeah. is yeah. yeah and she's like I just can't say yes. Mm. Oh my goodness! So she had to say no, and it's interesting because she did read Kevin's book, and so I blame him for her no. How did how did you take that? How did you uh, so I so I actually had to go through a grieving process. You know the gr- you know so the grieving process mm-hmm. was anger. I mean the, the 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 first is this. You know I, I'm just angry at what's happened. You know, and then I'm trying to deny it, and then. You know, and, and this, again, the the five stages of grief—they're not linear. Right. You know, they're 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 kind of all over the map. I mean, because you 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 might get to the acceptance, but you have a bad day, and you go right back to ain't you know. And so I actually had to grieve, mm. and part of that grief grief was I was angry at Joni uh, for actually several days. I mean, it, it was very tense in our house because I. I mean, I had gone through the process with Shoreline, yeah. and then now you're telling me you can't do something that you told me to take take it up with Jesus, yeah, yeah. and now like so, so yeah, so it was Joni who said no, and then here's what I and 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 this was significant because this was the first time in our marriage, and and at that time it was like 18 years, in 18 years of marriage that Joni told me no hmm. about a significant decision. Hmm. And that that was again that was really big for her, and I actually had to you know. And so after I after I go through my grief process, I had to trust the Lord and how He was working through Joni. Yeah. So that's where when I said no to Kevin, it, it was hard, it was even hard for him. Like I mean, like and you, you know we we kind of joke about it now, but we and even though it was a three month process, it was a three month exciting process because we're like, oh my gosh, look at how God moved! Yeah, unbelievable. He loved me. I loved him. He saw and he still sees all of it. You know, and he's excited for for me now, obviously. But but he was excited about what the Lord was doing to bring him. You know, uh, a successor that he loved, that was younger, that could, you know, really take Shoreline to the the next season, and so yeah, it was even a grief process for him, and all of that is how 
uh, not you know in, in terms of the process of not only meeting Kevin but a year and you know basically almost two years later, you know him and I really connecting about being yeah. uh, in ministry together and taking over where where he would leave off and then having to say no uh, yeah. to him like yeah it it was that that was that was the process and that's how yeah that's how we got connected mm-hmm. uh and even more connected you know through that process well it's it's surreal to hear you recount that because we were in the search process that entire time yeah, and when I didn't even know because at the end of the day I wasn't so I wasn't looking in that regard. I wasn't looking through the search firms or anything like that because God God actually just brought sure. Shoreline into my life. Yeah. Then he brought Wheaton Bible potentially in my life and then he also brought Park Community Church in my life. Yeah. And you know, um and and while I'm sitting there waiting for Wheaton Bible, you know, and their decision and um, I did ask Joni, I said, where would you move? Because the whole thing was, you know, I would re- really love not to move. Yeah. And so there there were only two, you know, kind of two churches that, uh, well, only one church that wouldn't require to move, which is why I said no to the other, yeah. is that we weren't going to move downtown Chicago. Yeah. Like, if you didn't want me here, then, sure. I mean, I understand. Yeah. Well, so the uh, so the area that Joni would move to would anywhere in the southeast, she said, mm-hmm. and she's she really did. She specifically said, and whether it was tongue in cheek or whether it was serious, she she literally said Orlando because she she loves Disney and Disney loves the world. beach and it's the best be, yeah, be, best of both worlds. And it's only six hours from you know all of her family in right. Atlanta. Yeah, so it's so it's a quick day drive. Mm. So the one church that I saw. Mm was Northland. And then that's when I get a phone call back. Hey, they're, we're, you know, Northland's far along in the process, but I want to keep you in, you know, just kind of keep you in the loop. And again, this was March of two, uh, of, of 2021. Because again, this January is when I told Kevin no. Yeah. Um, and then now I'm talking with Wheaton Bible for several months and we're waiting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and again, they haven't, they didn't, they didn't tell me no until May. Hmm. And so, and then they tell me no, but part of their no was we want to find a way to bring you on 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 staff full time and be in some sense, you know, like a, a main position. In which, and that's where I'm like, well, that's going to be hard. I want I want the you know I want the pastor coming on. Yeah. You, you know, I listen. I want him to have. And so that's when I told Ed. So my boss at the time that I based and I didn't sign on the dotted line, but I I promised him what he wanted me to do. So I said, yes, there, I'm not going to look anymore. I'm committed to you. I'm committed to what you want to do through me because I had forgotten about Northland. Because again, that was March, yeah. And so, and this is May, and getting getting into the summer months, I'm like, yes, I. I I am promising you this, so I'm not going to look. I'm not going to put in for anything else. Mm. But lo and behold, you know that was you know in October of 2021. That's when that's when the slingshot representative reached back out to me, and and I and I felt like I was being still full of integrity. That hey, I had not put in for this. I'd yeah. put in for it way before I you know committed to Ed, and yeah, just how the Lord worked. But yes, it started with the no. To Shoreline, mm. and think yeah. about it. And then Wheaton Bible was a no to me, 
and then I had to say no to to, to park, and then and and then y'all even said no to a person. I think if if I'm not mistaken, from what one one person told me, and so all of these no's converged into these two yeses. It's uh yeah, it's remarkable. And then even to think about you know you you say no to Kevin and then still having a relationship where he would come and preach. So talk about just the last year, your relationship with Kevin, what that has looked like um, in your first year, year and a half here at Northland and and uh, the role he has played, uh, even though you're not his successor, you're at a different church across the country, but he still right. played a significant like role. literally in across the country. Across it's pretty the funny. country, yeah. <laughs> Fascinating. So... Yeah. Yeah, so when I turn so when when I said no to him, I did you, you know, and I I had to wait for a couple of months for in some sense the below to you know kind of settle things. I, I say settle things down. It, it wasn't like there was any like it it was tough. It was just tough to hear. So the ask wasn't right away. Yeah, I wasn't. It wasn't yeah. right okay. right away. That's but, some good wisdom, though. Yeah, uh, but then eventually, what I because I stayed in connection, you know, I stayed in contact with him, and I said, even though I'm not going to be at Shoreline, I still want you. I, I really do still want you part of my life. And I asked him. I said, would would you give me some coaching and mentoring? Hmm. And so he he immediately actually said yes, and 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 th- and, and to know Kevin, and obviously y'all, you know, yeah. a lot of people saw him this past weekend. Yeah. I mean, he's a very intentional guy. Oh yeah, like he doesn't do and and I, like I would say I'm an intentional guy, intentional guy, but I think he takes it to another level because yeah. uh, there are some things that if I told you and like I wouldn't do that, mm-hmm. you know, like so. But it but it is for him. Yeah. So the fact that he immediately said yes, mm. like it, like I was obviously extremely humbled and grateful that he would immediately say say yes. And so what that actually ended up being is for a year, every month that we would we would meet via Zoom for about an hour and a half or whatnot, and we would talk through uh, some leadership stuff, a, you know, a book that he would want me to read, what I'm learning, mm. uh, questions that I had or I was wrestling with, mm. and then that actually, you know, uh, continued on for really throughout 2022 and mm. uh, now in 2023 now what what I've done is anything that I have that's pressing or I have a question or I'm wrestling with something I you know I'll call him and so there's been situations that I you know I've called him and we've you know spent a good hour hour and a half talking through and so now he's just he's just really a go-to person in my life who I, I just trust the counsel mm. that he's going to give me uh, wise uh, wise counsel. Mm. So that's the continue, yeah. uh, continued kind of relationship that I have with him. Yeah, there was a, there was a one-year intentionality, and now it's moved to a kind of a, an on-call yeah. basis. That's, yeah. that's incredible. So I do want to, to dig into what we, what we heard this weekend, and from what I understand, you took some notes. Um, so... So I would say that the main point that he laid out was these real, really these two concepts that every yes is a no and every no is a yes. Yeah. And then the outline, really he went through, he started with the day in the life of Jesus. We had Mark 1, 21 to 38, went through that story of Jesus preaching and teaching 
him setting people free from spiritual bondage, him healing, him doing a revival, him sleeping, and then having time with the Father. We then dug into this idea of why does God say no? Because he's loving, because he's wise, and because he is God. And then really he talked about different ways to say no, and that's the majority of his book. And it's it's really interesting, um, the the creative nature of let me come up with how many different ways I can say no, but then he gave us a couple and kind of gave some some examples. And then finally he ended with uh, with this idea of a God, yes, from Matthew Matthew 6, the Lord's Prayer. So um, so any kind of initial thoughts from um, from your notes or thing, you know, places you want to dive into? Yeah, like, you know, when I was trying to, as I look at, as I, as I took notes and kind of followed his, you know, kind of train of thought, I just said that Kevin gave a really high-level overview of the concept of no. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And... Now you know, and even in his book, like, like obviously he has a whole section on ways to say no. So like, no, K N O W, know your nose. Mm. You know, he, he really is just kind of this this high level view of no that really is trying to empower people to learn this word. Yeah, and, and thus you know it lends itself to you know our our series concept of redeeming no because I want to go back on that idea because, you know, like two weeks ago, we looked at this idea of redemption. Yeah. And one of the usage usages of redemption is, mm-hmm. you know, goel, mm-hmm. which is to buy back something. Mm-hmm. And that's that that's kind of this idea of redeeming. No, no allows you to buy back some things. Mm-hmm. Uh, no allows you to buy back some time. No could even allow you to buy back some relationships. And Kevin even mentioned it, how it allowed him to buy back some relational at time and you know when I say even equity with his kids oh, yeah. so so redeeming no learning no allows you to redeem your time allows you to redeem relationships and ultimately allows you to redeem your life mm. and so I think his big overarching kind of concept of no helps that out and so there you know so you could look at it you know maybe even the the, the philosophical point of Every yes is a no, and every no is a yes. It's just the philosophy of it because mm-hmm. you you know you can you can verbally say a yes while silently saying a no, which is a lot of times we don't think of that. Yeah, or it's dangerous. You can verbally yeah. say a no yeah. and and silently be saying you, you know. So so really, just understanding just the ph- philosophical understanding of. You know, again, every yes is a no, and every no is a yes. I think, I think helping that psychology, you know, that that, that you know, fi, you know, philosophy out. Yeah, and and we had that great visual of the buffet and the 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 pile of food, and how often do we keep saying yes to things, and then things that are really important are falling off the back. Yeah, and we and those are the silent no's. Yeah, that are really really dangerous. I think he gave a, a wonderful example of. You know, being asked to play softball game, right? And yeah. how it could just seem so inconsequential. And then you start adding up your time and realizing, hey, you're going to be saying no to your kids and your wife a lot, yeah. right? If you have young married kid, young married young kids, like if you're in that stage of life and you say yes to a couple weeknights, like that will obviously say yeah. no in very ways. And that 
and that's that's where the danger comes in. So I really, really like that as a grounding force. And it's it's one that I've heard you teach on and speak yeah. to us as staff for the last eighteen months. Yeah. Um so it was it was fun and, and very helpful to to hear the origins yeah. of that. Yeah, and and then you know the the second with no because it is written it really more of that biblical mm-hmm. even theological underpinning of mm-hmm. and I and I never even actually thought of the Ten Commandments as a list of are containing a list of no's. Yeah, yeah. Because it, you know, because it does, I mean, if you look at these Ten Commandments, thou shall not, thou shall not, thou shall not. So not is a a form of no. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was, I thought that was, you know, pretty cool. And I'm actually, and I went over this with the staff today of just kind of where I'm gearing up to go this weekend is actually really maybe even unpacking more of a theology of yes and no of, in some sense, God being the origin of yes and no Mm -hmm. and the progression to kind of see that and, uh, and maybe even to go a little bit deeper into the concept of, you know, because again, that's where I look at what Kevin did is giving us this broad overview Mm -hmm. and then all these ways to say, you know, no, because that would be the practical out, you know, outworking of, you know, just learning to say no, because there's all these ways that you can do it. And so what I'm looking at is drilling down on on no and in in some sense, yes, too. Um, and I'm actually, actually excited about that. Yeah, you're a little excited about that. Yeah. yeah, well, because I've been I've been sitting on it for you know because I needed to know kind of how Kevin was going to unpack it before oh, I, I went see. to my message, and okay, so yeah. I have written probably about twelve pages of notes mm. of all of these other you know kind of ways that I can dive deeper into the concept of of no of of redeeming no, mm. and because there are times where I mean. In, for me, what I'm trying to unpack is the authority, the priority, and the seniority mm-hmm. of of yes and no, and that they're all anchored in in the Lord. Because even what Kevin was saying, um, do you remember? Like I, another thought that I had was, and this was in the Iron Faith series. I, I did do a time inventory. Oh yeah, and so I think I'm yes. going to bring that back a little bit just to help people understand. Um, you, you know, that you really do have, you're working with more limited time than you think you do. I, I think this time of year, that's very helpful for a couple of reasons. First of all, November, December, the busiest times of year yep. by far. Yep. And then January. So there's a little bit of like our schedule controls us, but then January, there's all this energy around. It's a new year and we get to, it's a new you and all of that. So so even if we're overwhelmed in doing that exercise now in yeah. our schedules than usual, maybe we can kind of uh, look forward to doing that in the new yeah, year. Yeah. Absolutely, because one of the things that I, I think I want to try, I think I'm going to try to drill down, uh, you know, on this coming weekend that that goes even deeper than uh, than Kevin's overview. I mean, he talked about it, but you know, he talked about how he was able to write, find 20 hours of writing. Well, yeah. he had a cut. Watching basically ESPN out and yeah. and and sports games, yeah. and so I, th- I think a lot of times though that we don't realize like what we are feeling our our extra time with, mm-hmm. and it's really that extra time mm-hmm. 
that you know that that's you know that's above the you know our our jobs our sleep our you know eating like so what are we filling our time with that's really the filler that we're having to really discern our yeses and nos mm. and and so but what are the pro- because one of the things that people need to know and again I'm going to try to drill down on this and that's why I think me talking about it right now I don't know how I'm going to I'm not going to I don't know how I'm going to articulate it yeah but but your your yeses and nos you have to understand that our yeses and nos are value based okay they're value based they're, they're based upon you know but what 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 we find and again Kevin you know he he illustrated this well is that there are times when we have a competing set of values oh yeah so softball we might value softball but in saying yes to softball, it actually is it, it is actually competing against the other value set in our family, and we're not we're not thinking that these are really two competing values that they're, they're both loves yeah. in our life. But obviously, one has more weight if we really thought about it than the other, mm-hmm. and, and and so a lot of times we're 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 in some sense reacting or re- and I say it reacting because we're not really responding because not we're, we're not thinking about the value based competition mm. of of our yeses and nos. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so that's where I'm like we have to understand that our yeses and nos are anchored in a value based system, which is that's what I'm going to try to unpack more of this coming weekend is really trying to understand the value based system that should anchor our yeses and nos. So a question I have with that is is really around maybe this is this is more foundational, but I, I think it's important for us to consider is is the why. So why is, and, and I think we heard a lot of them in the micro sense, you know, for our specific lives, why this is important. But for believers on a big picture level, why is saying no and yes to the right thing so important as believers in our culture? Like what have you, can you, can you flesh that out a little bit more of- Like why of, is it so important? Why Why is it so important as believers? Not as like, individuals, hey, I'm going to do this so that my marriage is better, but like as believers who are, because I get the sense in, in where my mind kind of goes is I think this naturally sets us apart in one way. Well, it does because our if our life is not our own, and, and Kevin mentioned this, is that we've been bought with a price, mm. then that means that our time is not our own. And that's why it's so important is that we are managers yeah. Not owners of our time. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I loved about his use of Mark 1, a day in the life of Jesus. Now, when yeah. I look at Mark 1, is the main point how to manage your time? No. Mm-mm. The main point is how Jesus is launching his ministry and what what his ministry is all about. That that really is the main point. Mm. But what Kevin really tried to do with Mark 1 is to practically show us how that at the end of the day, Jesus did say no. Mm-hmm. At mm-hmm. some point, he said no to Capernaum so that he could say yes to these other towns and villages. Mm-hmm. There's this book that is actually a, a very fascinating book. It's called The Tyranny of the Urgent. Oh, yeah. And it's actually about time, you know, kind of time management. 
and uh, I think Charles Hummel, I think is his name. I, I, I think it's his first name. I, I definitely think it's Hummel, H-U-M-M-E-L, but the tyranny of the urgent, where when you look at Jesus's death and resurrection mm-hmm. and ascension, when he goes back, did he heal every every disease? Did he heal every broken person? Did he heal? Like, mm-hmm. no, there was, <laughs> there's tons of people left to be healed. There were tons of vulnerable mm-hmm. and marginalized mm-hmm. that, that, you know, and so if you think about it, is that he left a whole segment of right. uh, people that were still in need. Mm-hmm. So basically, he's like, I'm not going to heal you. I'm not going to meet you. Again, the way he did to the woman at the well, the way he did to Zacchaeus, the right. way he did to blind Bartimaeus. Like, yeah. So there were there were so many other people he didn't do. Mm. So, so if the Lord said no to empower others to do, then what we need to actually begin to look at our own life and our own usage of time and our own boundaries and go, we just, we're not going to be able to do everything. Yeah. Because Jesus even set it up where he didn't do everything, but he actually empowered his disciples to continue on his ministry. Mm. That's why he says in John, you'll do greater things than these. Mm. So I, so that's, that, that's actually a helpful book for me to understand that even as a pastor who I don't want to do everything because I have, I have a hero complex or a savior complex. We only have one hero, one savior. I, I don't want people to feel neglected, but at the end of the day, I can't do everything. So I am setting up, and I'm going to probably unpack a little bit more of that is that so I am going to set people – well, it's not not on purpose, but people are going to be disappointed because I'm not going to be able to meet their expectations. Mm. And Jesus didn't meet their expectations, which is why it was so important and it is so important that we meet God's expectations. Mm. Mm. And the only way we can actually meet God's expectations is if we allow him to be the one that controls our time mm. rather than us controlling our time Man. and controlling our usage. That's so good. So so I looked it up. Charles Hummel. So I got it right. Author. Oh, Hummel. Yeah, right. So I get I did get it right. Yeah. So, so what I heard from you is that the stakes are higher than we realize, right? You said we are not, not our own. Yeah. And, um, and it's, I, I think it's, it's a really clear way to set ourselves apart from yeah. culture yeah. is the things we say no to, the things we say yes to. The the automatic no's are really where we can separate ourselves, um, where where we have a set of values and we have thought those those out ahead of time and then have a have a real clear explanation of why. I think he gave a couple great examples of those those automatic no's. That that can just set set you apart. And um and as you're set apart and, and you know that, I think it's important to then have have a, an answer of the hope we have, right? Uh, that could lead to some spiritual conversations. Yeah. Um, fascinating to, to hear that. And, and as you were talking, as a community of believers and as we were working through this and, and are trying to honor God first with our time, then we, we need to have grace for each other. You need to have grace for because because expectations 
um, will be unmet or will be sometimes unrealistic. I can put expectations on you or me. You know, it happens all the time in our families and and in churches, and then you can get church hurt. It can get very complicated and convoluted and and create this this idea of just disunity oh. just around different expectations. So, Well, yeah, because we are accustomed to the world revolving around us. Mm. And if the world revolve, if we if we have this misconception that the world revolves around us, then whenever we ask somebody to do something or want somebody to do something, and they say no, there is that element of not only disappointment, mm. but it, it could also be an element of frustration that you you know that that the person didn't do what I asked them to do. Yeah, because again. And we might not think of it in 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 a when, when I say a real tangible way, but because of the fall, because of the sin of of humanity, we we do tend to think that things should revolve around us. Mm-hmm. And, and even you know, and even when we have a hard time saying no, and I'll stress this you know too this coming week. Whenever we have a hard time saying no, the reason why we easily say yes that puts stress on our life isn't really for the person we said yes to. It's actually for us so that the person would think highly of us. And so, therefore, mm. our yeses tend to revolve around us as well. Mm. I, I, you know, that, that again, that we, oh, we over-exhaust our life. Because it really isn't about saying yes to that person. It's really more about what that person thinks of us. Mm-hmm. Because it, you know, life revolves. You know, life revolves around us. We want people to think good. We want people to have a high view of us. Right. So, so that's where you have to understand. You have to understand really the the the, the source of whether it's your yes or your no. Like, why are you ultimately saying yes? Um, is it saying yes? Because you have said yes to something that you love that may not be in the right order of God's loves that he wants you to have. Or have you said yes so that, you know, that person will like you more? Mm, mm. Well, then again, that's ultimate love of you mm. because you, you didn't really need to say yes to that mm. because you ain't got any time. Mm. But you said yes so that that person would like you or make make sure that person continued to like you, mm. that you didn't disappoint that person and they have an unfavorable view of you. Mm. Well, again, that's still on you and revolving around you, not necessarily them. Man, that's deep. So yeah, You're getting all up in our business now. Yeah. I mean, what? so and that's Man. why I want to try to unpack some even more – like, I mean, again, this is the whole series, three-week series about just diving into the realm of, 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 of no. And obviously, as you dive into the realm of no, you're also diving into the realm of yeses too. Yeah. So that's why I'm going to do something around – you know, we got to learn our X's and O's of yeses and no's, you, you know. so oh, that's catchy. Yeah. So you get – you know, and thinking about – so and the X's and O's, it is for football, football language 
because if you look at a board that that you know that coaches will draw, it's X's and O, X's and O's. Mm-hmm. But also, if you think about how sometimes, and it's more women that sign this and not men. Oh, really? But if they will sign X and O, you know what that means? Hug and kiss. Hug and kiss. Yeah. So, so if you're going to really love people well, mm-hmm. and ultimately if you're going to love God well, you got to understand your X's and O's. Oh, look at that. So, man, you've been creative this week. I and it's only it. Monday. Well, uh, I've been at it been, for I've been, been at it for yeah, I've been thinking been thinking about it. Yes, but you got to learn your X's and O's. Of your S's and O's. Man, I I found it so fascinating about um what you were saying about saying yes and it's not really for the person, it's it's for you. And I do think so often we can we can do it out of, well, we don't want to hurt those people's feelings um by saying no and it just, you know, unduly burdens us. What was fascinating about so many of Pastor Kevin's examples was the intentionality of thinking ahead of time of what those no's are. It it struck me that it's a way to actually care for the person well, right? To to give them another option or to explain to them why or um, it's it's really – so much of of your story and, and his story, all of that, there were so many no's that were embedded in there, yet there is, you know, there there could have been a possibility for brokenness all around and fracture relationships and, and yeah. all of that. But somehow through all of those no's, unity was pres- preserved. Uh, I think it's just a wonderful example of how no can be redeemed yeah um in our life and and certainly those are those are big life choices i mean that's there were what three four five you know substantial big important churches that were affected yeah in those no's yet um yet through god's grace you know those no's were redeemed yeah yeah well, and and one of the things that I'm I'm also like toying with, and we'll we'll try to um you know at least illustrate it this coming weekend is that now that we live in a fallen world, you're going to get more in trouble by saying yeses than you do nos. Like if you think about the trouble that you've gotten into your life, that <laughs> that you've gotten in in your life, it ultimately came. Because you said a yes to something that you should have said no to. Oh, that's true. There, there's, on, there, there, there's only a smaller segment of of no's mm. that you're going to really get in trouble with. And, and, I, and actually, I'm going to tell you the theological reasoning behind that. That's awesome. Because, um, yeah, we, we don't, re- we don't um, regret many no's. You don't re- – yeah, you, yeah, your no's, you're going to find very little of your no's huh. are – ones that you will regret, you will find yourself regretting more yeses. And, and I'm going to tell you the theological reasoning behind that this coming weekend. And it's going to come from Genesis 1, 2, and 3. Probably. So, <laughs> probably. So, yeah, stay, yeah, stay tuned. But it, but it is I but it's so forward, true. I it's look so, forward to when we graduate past Genesis 1, 2, and 3 and move on to the rest of the Bible. Is that – are we going to get there? No. I mean, <laughs> you always go back. You always you always go back to foundations. Oh, Be, Because there, there's so much – again, there, there's so much – again, there's so much there because of the, the foundations. But again, if, if, you, if you all think about it mm. and you look at all of your regrets, most of them is because you said yes to something you should have said no to. Mm. So good. 
Okay, so you've already done this. You you are chomping at the bit to preach this weekend, I can tell. Um, give us a preview of the next two weeks. I think you gave us already a little bit of next week, but then what can we look forward to, um, you know, two weeks from now and then through the end well, of the year? So I'm not closing. So I'm only doing one message in this series. Oh, really? So... Pastor Derwin will will close it out, and he will be looking at the passage where Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, mm. and he says, "Not my will, but yours be done." Mm. You know, and and really talking about how your no can actually cost you, mm. and so so that's one of the things that you got to look at is that part of the redemptive quality of our nose should actually, when I say cost us, but in it costing us, mm. it actually brings brings redemption and value mm. and life to others. Mm. So... So he's, awesome. gonna, he's, so he's going to look at that. So not my will, but yours be done. So, so Kevin gave kind of the overview. I'm going to dive. A, I'm going to dive prob- probably pretty deep into into okay. the when I say the the you know the philosophy, but but really maybe more of the biblical theology. kind of yeah you know theology of of yes and no, but then how it pract- how it really then begins to detail out some significant areas of our life yeah and, and get us to think that way to hopefully help people I would I would I would hope that they would walk away to not only having understood where you know where no and yes is anchored in the Bible and spoke in, and in their life but how it can help them take you know time inventories and then how they can set up their automatic yeses and nos but then leave you know that that kind of gray matters like the way the way I look at it is that you're going to be able to uh determine your yeses and you know uh you're you're going to be able to determine your yeses and nos and then you're going to be able to discern your yeses and nos so there's going to be things that you just know that set up this way, but then I want to I want to drill down some some principles of how you can you know figure out how do I discern now mm-hmm. because these two things are really important these two things are really good sure. even in the eyes of the Lord but you yeah. can't do both yeah yeah so how do you discern your what which one is yes and which one is no and so so I'm hoping that I can I, I can help people understand mm. some some principles that will help them mm. process those and so. and as i was as i was listening uh, a little bit ago to to your sermon coming up this week it it struck me you're you're certainly going to be in genesis 1 2 and 3 but uh but it struck me and then matthew 5 of just the uh, again you telling and helping with the narrative of of the big picture yeah. i think that's something that that you are continually preaching on and helping us with to understand the greater narrative. And we will be in specific passages, but um, you, you, you zoom us out so that we can, we and, can and see and then say how, yeah. to explain and then how it affects us. Right? And how it affects us, how, how our lives are caught up in it mm-hmm. and how it does, how it affects us literally every, every day, day of our life. Every, and we don't realize and it. you don't realize it. Because yeah, there's, there's much more intentionality that we need to consider when saying yes to things than we realize. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, cool. Well, there, Mr. Shiles, this has been fun. It has. We're going to wave at the video camera. Hey, 
Good to see y'all. If you're listening on Actually, the podcast, check, check it out on YouTube. Give us uh, some feedback. You know, maybe I'm not sitting up straight enough or I don't know. And I try not to do as much multitasking as I did. I only glanced at my phone twice, I think. Well, so, you, and you moved your phone aside. It was good. Yeah. I did, right yeah. there. So, well, Northland family and friends, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Extra Takes. We love you. Grateful for you. Blessings. Thanks for listening to Extra Takes. Be sure to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you won't miss a single episode.